Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. I've got some exciting announcements today. So first, um, we hit 600 downloads as of yesterday, which is when I'm editing this, so Tuesday. But thank you all so, so much for listening to the podcast, for subscribing to it, for joining me on this journey. It really means a lot, and I'm really happy to have you all here. I really, really appreciate it, so thank you all so much. Um, I also want to let you guys know I set up a Patreon, uh, so don't feel that you have to subscribe to it. But if you would like to, um, there's two different tiers, and you can get show notes and some bloopers if you subscribe to the uh, higher up tier. But um, I eventually I hope to do some exclusive episodes on there. There isn't any right now, but that's kind of a goal for the future. And I'd also love to hear you guys' feedback on what you would like to see on Patreon. And I'd love to um, work on that and start going there. So, yeah. But if you can't subscribe to Patreon, don't feel that you have to. Um, truly the best way to help me grow and help this podcast grow and, you know, watch it turn into more is by sharing it with friends and talking about it and recommending it to people. It's really, really helpful. And I really appreciate everyone who's said they enjoyed it and who's recommended it and who's left reviews. It's so, so incredibly helpful. Also, for anyone that wanted to join the Barely Book Club, we're currently reading Wicked by Jennifer L. Armentrout. We're on to the second reading now. It started not this past Monday, but the Monday before, but there's plenty of time to catch up. It's a really quick read, and we're planning on possibly going through the whole trilogy, so if you want to enjoy a, um, a virtual book club and kind of make some bookish friends, this is a great way to do it. There's a lot of really nice people. It's a lot of fun. So all the links for everything is going to be in the show notes or on my website, whichever one you'd rather do, or, or go to thebarelybookish.com slash connect. But yeah, without further ado, let's get back into A Little Women. Hello, everyone. I am back on Little Women once again with Kendra. Hi. And we are starting off on chapter 38, which is called On the Shelf. So Meg is realizing that no one really looks at her now that she's married and her babies are about a year old. I'm not going to lie. With the chapter title being On the Shelf, I did not think it was going to be about Meg. I thought it was going to be about Joe. I was about to say, hey, the chapter didn't give it away this time. <laughs> I know. It's like the first time ever because normally every chapter title, I'm like, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen. This time I was like, hmm, okay. So Meg's here now. I thought it was going to be like <laughs> Joe's writing or something. So John is all shook that he's not getting as much attention now. And everything is about the babies. And John is a little salty because he wants everything to be like before. And he was, quote, patient unquote for six months and now he's seeking comfort in others like the scots when they said that i honestly thought he's we were gonna find out john was cheating on her i was like oh no he's no. not he's not no this is little women i know no <laughs> spice here i was just i was prepared to be shaken like a swingers party <laughs> it's like, i was like oh he's seeking comfort in others okay interesting but it's like as someone who's never been a parent and never experienced this i was like ew like i don't like this at all but like as a 
because you were you are a parent have you ever felt like this like you made it all about your kids at first or were you more like oh yeah I used to tell my husband to go away (laughs) (laughs) you're just like deal with it okay like I see a lot of my friends they do this It's, Mm -hmm. it's like the baby comes you're obsessed about the baby and like the husband is second chair now no I mean but I mean you live and you learn but that's what happens it's like having a new puppy yeah true I mean she also has twins though like I can only imagine with twins you have twice the trouble of course she's gonna make it all about her kids like she's got a lot going on she has a lot to handle with two babies yeah one baby is a lot I can't really imagine what twins would be like having so I mean that's kind of like in my opinion because she has twins that was kind of a little selfish of him oh well I gave her six months yeah she'd be back to normal by now I Um, know sir there are two other souls in your house (laughs) I know I was judging John harshly at this point I was like buddy like she is literally first of all she gave birth with nothing like she she did a home birth okay there wasn't like epidurals then so first of all she should be awarded solely for that and then second of all you know she is taking care of two lives that cannot take care of themselves like what do you mean you gave her six months to be back to normal like give her the rest of her life like i don't understand had she been given birth in this era she would have got two pushing presents because that's yeah. the thing. I know I found out about that on the TV show and I was like a reality TV show and I was like wait what like <laughs> honestly Ashley should she should have gotten pushing presents because that seems like a lot of work that I would not want to endure yeah I think um that's the other thing about it is when you have kids husbands for some reason or at least some of them think that oh well if I provide you money then you know you'll be fine that's not true like they need help even if it's just one child not twins you are literally providing for a tiny person that cannot take care of themselves and that's Mm -hmm. for like I would say at least the first give or take eight years of their life they can't make their own food you're gonna have to help them in the restroom So six months is just not enough time. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, plus she has to change her entire life to accommodate taking care of babies. Like it's going to take you a while to get used to like that type of lifestyle in order to be able to feel like you have a good handle on it. You know what I mean? Like it's just such a big change that I couldn't imagine her being like immediately going back to having like her hair done up and the house clean and everything like it's gonna take a while for her to to get back to normal so it's like I feel like it's just very selfish for him to be like oh it's been six months take care of me now I think back then though they did have nannies yeah but she doesn't get one like they're too poor oh that is true I forgot that they were poor yeah (laughs) so yeah he can't he doesn't have the right to complain literally so then they talk about how Meg does not care at all at the beginning, but now she's feeling like super lonely because he's constantly at the Scots every day instead of like coming to see her. And she feels like she's getting ugly, but she's like, at least I have my babies, you know? And then she's like crying on the floor and her mother comes over to see her and tells, and she tells her mother everything that's happened. 
And their mother says that she can't be mad at John when Meg started it. She needs to make time for John if she wants John to make time for her. I'm like, I get that. But I was like, whoa, Mrs. March, a little harsh, a little harsh. Okay, so whenever I was reading this chapter, it Mm -hmm. did seem like Meg was ignoring him on purpose. Like, not as a, oh, I'm so busy with the kids. I have to do this and this. I have to change this diaper. Oh, he spit up. Oh, he Mm -hmm. threw up. It wasn't like a busy kind of like that. It sounded like, or at least in the writing to me, that she was doing it on purpose, that she was ignoring him purposefully I, so if that was the case then i feel what mrs march said yeah if that's not the case and she's just like any other mother where that does happen like they spit up and then you change your clothes and then they throw up on you mm-hmm. and then you have to change everything and then you have to clean up wherever they threw up then mrs march is wrong yeah very very wrong i feel like she was just so tired and like John wants to be entertained that she felt like oh I do not have the energy to do this right now so she like made it seem like there wasn't time and like in her head convinced herself there wasn't time when I really think she was just tired you know so she didn't make time for John so like I can see where Mrs. March is in the right but I can also see where Meg is like I am exhausted I have been taking care of kids all day I have no one to help me and she's just like wore out and she's like, I'm not going to sit here and like, don't like dawdle, dawdle, whatever that is. Like dote. watch dote. Thank you. Dote <laughs> on her husband when she's like, I would rather go to sleep, you know? So I get it. And that's a real thing. Like mm-hmm. people don't realize that when you take care of children, even if it's just watching TV with them because you're yeah. watching what they want to watch and you're just keeping them company. By the end of the day, you are exhausted. Yeah. So I'm sorry to say, moms and dads, your sex life is going to go down the drain for like the first eight to 10 years of your child's life. It's just, that's just what happens because you're too tired. You're just too tired. Yeah. I mean, I just, I I feel for Meg, but also like, it is important to like, make sure your husband feels loved. So like, I get her mother being like, listen, I will let you have Hannah. Okay. Like I've offered her a thousand times. Just like, please take her because they really do need someone else to help. You know? These yeah. Kids- because the dads back then, they did not help. So yeah. she yeah. really did need some type of help. Like even if it was just like once a week type of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. That's still at least maybe they, she, Hannah can do the laundry for heaven's sakes. We all know nobody likes doing laundry. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, so their mother advises them, uh, advises Meg to t- make their home happy and to not neglect her husband for her children, but instead include him and make them a little family. So she tells Meg to have John take care of Demi and to have Hannah come so they can have so they can go out more. And she tells Meg to have John talk about what he's interested in, even if it's politics. And Meg's like, "All right, fine." And he hasn't said anything. She's like, "Why didn't John come and talk to me about this?" And then her mother says that he was trying to be kind. And like, communicate with your spouse. I don't understand. That's like like one of the number one biggest things that causes divorce is non-communication. I know. And then like, I don't remember what the second thing is, but the second thing should be understanding that communication. (laughs) Fact. It's just like, 
it always annoys me in books where I just feel like people cannot communicate at all. And I'm like, please just communicate with your significant other. It's going to make your life 10 times easier. I think that's why I'm so blunt with people. Mm -hmm. Like it comes off as rude most of like 101% of the time. But (laughs) I think that's why I'm so blunt with people because I've read and seen so many movies where they just don't communicate. I'm like, why Mm -hmm. don't you just tell them? Yeah, literally. That's like one of the (laughs) most important things in my relationship is I always make sure that we communicate, you know, so I just don't have to deal with drama because I just feel like when you don't communicate with your significant other, then like a lot of things get misunderstood and everyone feels neglected. So Meg immediately acts upon her mother's advice and John is trying to discipline his son, which Meg doesn't really like. And then she tries to put the kids to bed early, but Demi was not about it. So their nice dinner did not go as planned. And then Meg persuades him to go to sleep by rewarding him with cake. And I'm like, whoa. This is the part where like the argument of communication doesn't come in where Mm -hmm. Meg and John are not on the same page of how to discipline their children. Yeah, (laughs) very different parenting styles for sure. So this is what can cause many divorces. Yeah. Welcome to Dr. Phil <laughs> on the Barely Bookish podcast. Um, <laughs> they come home and John immediately notices that she dressed up a bit and John was super happy about it. And then they're like talking and then Demi immediately comes down and broke up the nice night. And so he's like trying to get food and like stay up. And she's like, no, you need to go back to bed. So Meg gives him a lump of sugar as a bribe to go back to bed. And then after like a little bit of time, he comes back down and demands more sugar. And like Meg is like, ah, and then John is like shook about what's going on. So Demi defies his parents again and John puts him to bed continuously until Demi starts like screaming his head off and he's like John's basically like he's going to bed like I don't care he's gonna go to bed right now like we're not going to deal with this all night. John wants to get lucky okay (laughs) his wife dressed up for him she looks really nice she hasn't cooked dinner and who knows how long he wants to go to bed too just not in the same way as he's putting his child to bed. (laughs) I'm screaming. Honestly. I mean, little women would never say that, but like... That is what is happening. (laughs) Read between the lines, people. Literally. So, Meg's like trying to go up and comfort Demi, but John won't let her. He's like, he needs to go to bed. And it's honestly good that like John's reprimanding the children right now because they're gonna get so spoiled if it was just up to Meg like she would spoil these children absolutely rotten so John seems to have done a good job which is good um and like finally I'm guessing this took like about an hour um he falls asleep like holding his son which is kind of adorable John comes downstairs after he like wakes up again and talks to her about like the nation but she doesn't really enjoy it and he can kind of tell but he likes that she's trying and he takes an interest in her bonnet and he tells her she looks young and happy again and she asks him to take her to the concert oh i thought you were about to say let's go to bed but (laughs) (laughs) i love that you're just like trying to make this more adult than it ever is going to let you be 
it is so adult. You just have to read in between the lines and True. have a little smutty mad imagination. I just, I love that I did research for um, the wrap-up episode that we'll do. I'll just like hint a little bit, but um, she, this is like the one of the very few kid works. The rest are like apparently smut, which is good for her. I need to read that. <laughs> yeah, it's under um, a pseudonym. It's I think it's like A.M. Bernard or something like that. And it's like very adult. A.M. Bernard, mm-hmm. like late night with Bernard. Apparently, I just... Patrick, wow, wow, apparently. So she tells John about the talk she had with her mother and John seems very happy about the entire thing and so now we have like a small flash forward because the the author just loves to sum up everything for whatever reason and they say that everyone comes to make house makes house now because of how happy it is and even sally comes over because it sounds like her her marriage isn't going well and sally is her friend that like married rich and married like ned and I kind of just feel bad for Sally because she did what she was supposed to do and now she's like not in a happy marriage. I just, see, I'm a very, okay, how do you put this? I just can't see how Sally is so upset because her husband doesn't pay any attention to her. You have the money to buy you a Sancho. Go and do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was editing our episode for tomorrow and it says, our entire conversation about Sancho's. I just, you know what? Sally should do that. She should treat herself to a better man than Ned is for her because she deserves to be happy. She is. You can right have now. several better men. I mean, it's a possible thing. Okay, go and do that for yourself. Yeah, I mean, if her husband obviously isn't gonna care because he doesn't care about her at all, it sounds like. And like, I just kind of feel bad because she doesn't even. Her only real friend is, like, Meg, it sounds like, and she's in a loveless marriage, and she doesn't have, like, children to keep herself, like, preoccupied with, and, like, her friends are basically always hanging out with their husbands, and now she's, like, has nothing to do, like, Giselle Sancho. And they do mention that word again. It's in one of Joe's chapters, but I didn't remember to write down, like, what page number or what Mm -hmm. chapter it was in, but in one of Joe's chapters, I think it's when she goes to New York. She mm-hmm. talks about Sancho, and I'm like, who is this Sancho person? Like, is it a real person? Yeah. So now we're on to chapter 39, Lazy Lawrence. I wonder what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Lori planned to stay in Nice only a week, uh, but he's ended up staying a month, and he's really enjoying being around Amy because she feels like home, and she thinks of him like the same way. So they're both like warming to each other at this point and then my note here is are they starting to fall in love i don't think he ever fell in love with her to be honest i, I think know. she was a duplicate of joe mm-hmm. in a way that she probably resembles her because they're sisters but just a little bit different with the blonde hair yeah because she does have um she does have that will that Joe has mm-hmm. about art and stuff like that and about being better, but she's just a lot more kinder and a lot more agreeable than Joe is. Yeah. So she's kind of like Joe 2.0. <laughs> I think she 
in his eyes started as a Joe replacement and then like he slowly learned to like love her as an individual but I definitely think he's she started as a Joe replacement yeah uh, yeah a hundred percent and then I also think that he does love her but Mm -hmm. I don't think he's in love with her I think what he did was he what is that word what is that word when they when you don't go when you don't get the person that you want you just kind of oh my god um not replace i know i'm trying to think with you like second best oh settled Settled. that's better yeah i think Lori settled for amy because he couldn't get joe and she was it was it was enough to get him close it was close it was as it was as close as he was going to get to Joe. Beth yeah. is dead, so he can't date her. Meg is married. Joe doesn't want him. The only one left literally is Amy. That was his only choice. But I feel like him and Amy work out and make a lot more sense than him and Joe. I honestly do think so, too. Like, I think she was the better match for him. Mm-hmm. But he wanted Joe, and he wanted Joe, and I, I just don't think... I don't think even when he goes back to I can still tell that he's in love with Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that would make such a great story. You want the Joe and Lori or what? No, like a fan fiction. There is that okay. Really quick. There is a book that I read and but it's about it was a girl about in the wild wild west and it kind of has like I wonder if it was like a semi retelling of little women now that I think about it. Because she does go off to school, mm-hmm. and then um, she was supposed she was like engaged to this this like really really rich man, and she was like super super pretty. But while she's off at school, because she did not wait, like get married with him and and decide, oh yeah, let's make our home. While she was away for, at school, he ended up marrying her sister, and like wrote her a letter saying he's breaking off their engagement and he's marrying her sister because. Um, He's gotten to know her and blah, blah, blah. But her sister is not pretty. Mm-hmm. So it was like a big deal for her sister to get be get married to this guy because number one, she was homely looking and then he had a lot of money. And so she was like heartbroken that he went off and married her sister or whatever. But she did not have like a whole lot of experience with the guys. So then she goes home and he's her brother-in-law, right? And mm-hmm. he's telling her when she goes home, oh, but we can still be together. I'll still come visit you. When your sister's away, you can come visit me. So basically, he wanted a mistress, mm-hmm. but his sister-in-law to be the mistress. So it's kind of like as if yeah, if she was Joe and then he went off and married Amy. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. So anyways, back to I still think Joe doesn't like men, though, but like... <laughs> I will have a lot to say more about that in our wrap-up at the end. (laughs) So the two of them are off now, and he's going with uh, Amy while she goes to draw, and they're just, like, chilling. And they're picking roses, and it makes Lori think about Joe. There's also some weird foreshadowing about death because of the dull flowers, and then I was like, maybe it's his death to his love of Joe. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to think that Lori had good intentions, but I'm not sure if he did. 
because it's like a quick turnaround you know so maybe it seems like a quick turnaround because we know that she was there for like three years yeah i i honestly think they might have courted for almost a year like because he had been gone from joe for six months for the when they started like hanging out oh my god that long and he was still not over her yeah and like he talks about his love fading for joe and his like love igniting for amy here shortly but so i kind of think that he may have like grown to love her i don't know who knows so i don't think i I will never think that Lori was ever in love with amy never never love her yes i 100 percent think he loves her but Mm -hmm. in love with her no i think he is in love with joe he always will be in love with joe yeah and amy was just second best and that's what he could get so that's what he took true we're getting ahead of ourselves though they're not even loved yet we gotta wait we gotta wait (laughs) um so mr lawrence has been expecting Lori to come back to paris for like weeks and he still hasn't and he says he hasn't quite healed up yet from his rejection and Amy still doesn't know. So she keeps like mentioning Joe without knowing why he's so upset. And Amy says she doesn't want to be an artist because she went to Rome and she can no longer be the best. And I'm like, Amy, what? Like, why is she suddenly so down on herself? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, that was a very non-Amy characteristic. Yeah. I think the author wanted her to like start becoming a wife at this point and like you can't in that time do both for whatever reason because you're not allowed to be a strong independent woman unless you're a spinster. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So she was like okay I know Amy needs to become a wife so I guess she'll like lose all of her ambition for some reason. Um, Yeah. So there's that. Amy's losing all ambition to go on. So Lori's asking about Fred because they almost became something last year, but they're not engaged yet. But Amy says they could be when uh, he comes back. So Lori's feeling a bit disappointed in her because of her not marrying Fred for love, but marrying instead, marrying him instead for money and because it's a good match, according to Amy. I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, my look husband, at Meg and how miserable she is without yeah, a maid. Literally, like I think Amy's like, okay, I need to find a way to provide for my sisters because at this point in her head, she's like, Joe's gonna be a spinster. Beth just wants to take care of because like Beth's not dead yet, right? I think Beth is dead, but she doesn't know that she's dead. Oh. Or maybe not. I don't know. No, Beth's not dead yet. Beth's not dead. Okay. Yet. She's about to die. Um. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert (laughs) yeah i mean it's in these chapters so i i'll i'll put like a little precaution in the beginning but um but like amy's like okay if no one else is gonna marry well like amy has to marry well to take care of her sisters you know because ultimately like this family is gonna stay poor unless someone marries well because like they don't have any fortune they're not getting anything left to them so Amy's like, here, I'll take care of all of you. And Lori's like looking down at her for it. And I'm like, Lori, you have money. Like, you have nothing to say here, you know? And I feel like Fred 
he wasn't a bad guy. I mean, yeah. I, we don't really know anything about him, but he wasn't a bad guy. And he seemed like he was really in love with Amy. Mm-hmm. And if anyone knows, you should always have your partner be more in love with you than you are with them. <laughs> or equal amounts. That's fine. I just think Amy wanted to be happy and she wanted to be comfortable because like her entire life she had to hustle and work. And she's like, can I just like relax for 20 minutes? And Lori's like, no, no, you cannot. I'm just saying that there's no chance of Fred leaving her mm-hmm. if he's more in love with her <laughs> than she that's is with her. Yeah, and she would always get what she wanted. Mm-hmm. So, so like, it seems fair for me. You know, I just, I think Amy just kind of really wants to be happy. And she's like, well, this is a way for me to be happy. And Lori is just looking down on her but then amy starts reprimanding Lori, and amy said that she's dis- uh despises him because he has every opportunity to be happy and has a lot of great things and she says he is selfish and i was like just shred him apart amy like just go for the throat here i guess i blame Lori for that because he should have just told her look i asked your sister to marry me and she mm-hmm. said no that's why i'm here communication people communication (laughs) yeah they just do not communicate at all and then they're like amy didn't even ask why he's sad because she knows he won't tell her until he like brings it up see and then if she would have asked though she Mm -hmm. could have again blamed him but like well i asked you and you weren't honest with me so true on you so Lori's been abroad for six months at this point, and he's just been wasting money and becoming lazy and wants to be petted and admired by random people, but isn't doing anything to improve himself. He imagine? went to college for four years. Give the guy a break. I know, but also, could you imagine being abroad on vacation for six months? Like, that sounds awesome. That sounds delightful. Yeah. What, is he, what does she exactly want him to do? Like, yeah, literally. Why not just be, you know, petted and admired? I know, it sounds pretty great. I love that we're just, like, defending Lori's laziness right now. We're like, yeah, do it. Be relaxed. Have a great day. I think Lori is actually my favorite character, even though sometimes he is a pain in the ass. I think I relate to him the most, even though he was kind of stupid for thinking that Joe was going to change her mind. That's the only thing that he's done wrong here. Yeah, I I don't know. I just think I think Lori's kind of fun. But like, I don't know. I don't know. I think Joe might be my favorite. I don't know. Ugh. She's my favorite <laughs> in the first half. So I recently found out that the second half of the book and the book we know as Little Women now was actually originally two separate books. And it was um so the second part was actually the sequel and she didn't ever plan to write a sequel but everyone demanded her to write a sequel so i'm looking at them as two separate books and the first book i think joe was definitely my favorite character whoa 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 are you telling me right now that we could have ended this podcast i didn't know at the first book and you made me read another 400 pages I didn't know that until literally yesterday of this morally right book that has nothing in it for me. (laughs) 
I had no idea until literally last year that they don't sell them at all as two separate books anymore and that it's all sold as one book. Like, you know how Charles Dickens' Dickens work is sold as like um, one big book when it was already like actually a bunch of short stories published in the newspaper? I think his uh, Christmas Carol is done that way. But it's... um, the same thing now is those are not sold separately. You tricked me into reading I didn't this know. horrible, horrible I didn't book. know. You're the one that were like, oh, yeah, we're reading Little Women. I was like, okay. And then I started it, and I'm like, oh, this is long. <laughs> I didn't know. There was no way for me to know until I was listening to a podcast episode, and someone mentioned that, like, these were originally two different books. I had no idea. So basically, the second book is fan service, okay? Look at it that way. This whole second book was done because they were like, you need to write a sequel. And she's like, fine. Now everyone has to get married. Because the editor was like, everyone has to be married. And she's like, okay. <laughs> like, this should have been left as two separate books. And the sequel probably shouldn't have happened. Because she had to basically tie everything up in a neat little bow instead of letting us imagine what would happen. Okay, publishing world. You're supposed to be smart. You can either sell one book or two books. I don't know, man. I don't know why they changed it so that these are now sold as one book. But for some reason, that's how it's sold now. I had no idea until recently. And I don't have like a source on that. It was just I was listening to a podcast episode and they mentioned that. And I was like, what? Take this as a sign that all of Generation Z are liars. And they know I'm just joking. It's actually, I was reading, when I was doing research um, for this, she mentioned that everyone wrote in saying that they wanted Joe to marry Lori. And she was like, no. And then she made it, because she wanted Joe to be a spinster. So she, so she did that out of spite. Mm-hmm. She did not put them together out of spite because well, she, she- you bunch of bitches made me write a sequel that yeah. I didn't want to write. <laughs> yeah, she didn't want Joe to ever get married, and the publishing house made her marry Joe. So she married her ass off to an old-ass man. Well, because no... she thought it would be funny, unquote. Well, now that I know that, it is funny. It is funny, right? Like She's <laughs> like, okay, well, fine. You don't want me to marry... Like, you don't want me to... Um... Like, you want me to marry her off? Fine, I'll marry her off. And then she's like, here you go. She married an old man. How do you feel? I'm so angry right now. (laughs) But it's like, had Joe been able to be the character that I think she wanted her to originally have been, I think Joe would have been my favorite character. I could see that. Yeah. I did like the Joe character a lot better in the first book than the Mm -hmm. second book. So with all that in mind, Joe's my favorite character. I am not counting her Joe in second book as canon. Yeah, finding out that honestly changed a lot about this end bit for me. So Lori is a bit injured by um, Amy's lecture. So he retaliates a bit. And once he does, she ignores him. And he jokes and says that he'll be good, but she doesn't buy it. And this is the point where Amy finally figures out that Joe rejected him. And she finally gets him to admit it. So Amy calls 
him Teddy and he tells her not to because that's Joe's name for him. And Lori's kind of shaken up because Amy says that Joe would hate him right now if she saw him. Way to go, Amy. I know. <laughs> I mean, honestly, she is totally using Joe right now a little bit to drive Lori to be better. Take him while he's down. Just <laughs> destroy really, him. Do rip it. him apart. Kidney. Kidney. Go for the kidney. <laughs> um, so Amy says that he should try and make Joe love him. And I'm like, Amy, that's not how this works, hon. Like, it's, that is not the way. Like, that's not a good look for you. So she Maybe also- she was thinking that they could have the same type of marriage that her and friend planned to have. I mean, yeah. not her and friend. Her and Fred planned to have. Honestly, probably. I think, I mean, at this point, she's been away from her sister for two years, you know? And I just think she's romanticizing Joe. She doesn't understand that Joe really does not have any interest in marrying Lori. She's just remembering how well they got along as kids. And she's like, oh, maybe, you know if you make her love you, she'll like agree to marrying you and all this. And I honestly think she just wanted something to drive Lori to be better. And Amy's kind of a little bit more smart. Is it more smart? Amy's a little bit smarter than the rest of them because she, remember, she wanted to marry Fred because she knew she'd be taken care of. Mm -hmm. If Joe were to marry Lori, she would know that her sister was being taken care of. Yeah. So in her eyes, she doesn't understand. Wait, you asked Joe to marry you and she shut you down. Why? Why would she do that? You guys get along. Uh, We're childhood friends. You have a shitload of money. You'd be able to take care of her. Like, you just tick off the list. Yeah. You can check, literally just check them all off. And so in Amy's eyes, Joe was probably stupid. And now Amy's like, oh, well, since she said no, let me take advantage of the situation. I think... At this point, Amy's never experienced love. She doesn't understand that, like, that's a big grounds for a relationship is being in love with your significant other. And she's just kind of like, well, as long as I'm provided for and happy, like, I don't need anything else. And Joe's like, no, like, she wants to be loved and she wants to be in love. And Lori's not providing that for her. Like, obviously, Lori loves her, but she does not love him. And she's like, I don't want to be in a relationship where I don't love you back, you know? Yes, because Lori is not a woman. So he is missing some parts. And some of the parts, there's just too many. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So. Um, no one listened to me. I'm stupid. <laughs> I just. I I wonder if she was originally intended to be gay or I don't know it's hard because it's like since we were never able to meet the author there's not much said about her um like all I know about the author she was forever a spinster I don't know if she was actually gay or if she just didn't ever want to be tied down sort of thing like I just have no idea so she was a spinster then mm-hmm. she never got okay. no so it's like maybe she was gay and she wrote because she wrote joe as a reflection of herself so was did she have a roommate is my next question i don't know <laughs> like 
<laughs> I have no idea. I did not see anywhere that anyone mentioned it. But, you know, it's an option. It's a possibility. I don't know. I think she was. I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> Headcanon accepted. <laughs> um, so she says, uh, sorry, Amy says that Lori needs to get back to working or doing something at least. So Amy drew Lori relaxing right now and she showed an old one of Lori and he can tell that he was a lot more full of life in the old drawing than he is right now. And then each of them are like a little bit unsettled since their small argument and Lori has gone back to his grandfather and Amy's really happy even though uh, she's really going to miss him. So now we're on chapter 40, The Valley of the Shadow. AKA Rip Beth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they know that this is Beth's last year. And I think it's kind of messed up. They're not asking Amy to come home and say goodbye to her sister. I filmed a TikTok about this. If you aren't watching my TikToks, you know, do that because I think I'm funny. But um, <laughs> it's like, it's so messed up that they didn't like ask Amy to come home. You know, like, as soon as they realized that, like, hey, Beth's not doing too hot, like, I would not have waited to the last minute, which is, we find out that they did. They waited to the very last minute, and she never got the letter. But, like, I would have been like, hey, she's, like, going and fading quick. Like, you need to come home, see her, like, experience your younger sister. Or, or no, Beth's technically older than Amy, but, like, you need to, like, say goodbye and you know, say what you want. Cause like that would haunt Amy for the rest of her life. I mean, it doesn't seem to, but I mean, as an actual <laughs> human being, like if something happened to my sisters, I couldn't imagine not being able to say goodbye. I think, well, back then they could only travel by boat. Mm -hmm. So maybe it was just more of a, she's not going to get here in time because it's going to take her like a month to get here yeah. or or maybe it's the fact that they were so poor and they're like she's in europe this is a one in a lifetime chance yes beth yeah. is dying but i don't know i still just couldn't imagine not being able to say goodbye and like they knew for like a year that she's gonna die so it was just like a matter of time so i feel like they should have called her home well, if she would have went home, though, her and Lori would have never got married. Oh, no. I don't know. Like, I <laughs> still, I don't like it. So this is like the entire montage of Beth's death. And they're saying that, like, Beth can no longer hold a needle. And now she's in a lot of pain and she's, like, begging for help. And they can tell that she's going to pass super soon. Joe is not leaving her side at all. And Joe wrote a poem about Beth dying, which is really sad. And Beth reads it and feels a little better that her life wasn't in vain because she was able to do so much in her like super short life. Cause like Beth dies at 19 years old. So Beth encourages Joe to focus more on love and her relationship with other people instead of her writing. And I was like, that's kind of messed up because 
like for some reason this entire novel really likes to get the idea through people's heads that like they should just give up on all of their ambition and just get married and I'm like "Mm, no have the best of both worlds like do not sacrifice all of your dreams and your goals in life just to please another individual well this was a another time though and that is what you did like even when they went to college or at least not they but women went to college you went to college to find yourself a husband i just anything you did you went to go find a husband it's hard to read this as a modern woman because like i hate that idea i'm like you should pursue all your goals and your ambitions and the life that you want to live instead of like constantly trying to please others so i don't have that problem what (laughs) i said i don't have that problem (laughs) um so beth literally dies in her mother's arms and amy is not there at all so chapter 41 learning to forget so Lori decides that he is going to try and take amy's advice and so he goes to vienna and tries to pursue music but he kind of realizes he's struggling to figure out his genre and so then he goes and he's going to make Joe a heroine for his opera, but he finds that she doesn't fit right. So he uses Amy as his heroine instead. And I was like, ooh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He wrote an opera? Yeah. Why do I not remember this part? <laughs> it's like a short little sentence because he's going through all the genres he's trying to write. So then he doesn't feel satisfied with composing. So he tries to figure out what he should do instead. And this is when he starts to realize that he's no longer crazy in love with Joe. And he's not full of heartache in his own words. So then he thinks about Mozart who couldn't uh, have one sister and married the other. And I was like, oh yeah, he's definitely going to get with Amy at this point. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Mozart's sister? No, he wanted to marry one, like another woman, and he couldn't have her, so he married that woman's sister. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. (laughs) You're like, okay, we're we're good. Um, So he writes to Joe to see if there's any way she'll change her mind, even though he's not nearly as crazy in love with her as when he left. And she wrote back, nope, please be happy with someone else. Joe is way too worried about Beth. And Lori's like, all right, fine. I'm going to move on. And this is like eight months later at this point, I think. So, well, I guess if he's had a crush on her since, I don't know, they were like 12 or something. No, no, it hasn't even been that long. She was, no, it's since they were like 15. Okay. Yeah. That might be too long to get over. She's like 22 now. Right. Oh, so that's almost 10 years. (laughs) it's like seven seven years i think so it's been a while but like it's like a kid crush you know when it started at least and i i don't know it's weird but he also dated other people during that time yeah that's why i don't under that's my whole i don't get like why he could find someone else like i don't know i don't know i don't understand supposedly according to the book yeah (laughs) he's a really really good looking guy yeah and he has the personality to go with the looks Mm -hmm. so it just did not make sense to me that 
he couldn't find someone else. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. You want to be with Amy? Fine, be with Amy. I don't. Yeah, care. fine. I don't care. Whatever. Like at this point, just stop pandering after Joe. Like it's getting ridiculous. So Lori is literally writing to Amy continuously. And then Fred arrives and asks her to marry him. And she says no, because she wants more than money. And I'm like, so at this point, Amy is kind of falling in love with him as they write to each other. And I was like, yikes. So the letter that said Beth was failing never reached Amy. She only got the one that said she had passed. And since it's too late to say goodbye, she didn't go home right away. And as soon as Lori finds out that Amy, that Beth has passed, he immediately goes to Switzerland to comfort Amy. He like literally throws all of his stuff together and I think he leaves the same day. Well, I mean, that's kind of sweet, I guess. I think it's adorable. I don't know. It's just so gross. Like, that's her sister. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to like separate it just so I don't have to think about it too much. I feel like the author did this specifically because she was like, maybe the readers will be happy, even though she didn't marry Joe. He didn't marry Joe, that um, he still like kept it in the family. Maybe they wrote that they wanted Lori and Joe to end up together mm-hmm. and not Amy and Lori since he was spending time with Amy too in the first book. Yeah. Well, she- and she was like, you know what? Amy and Lori are going to end up together. And I think that's what happened because she said, uh, when I was doing some research, they said that uh, everyone was writing and saying that they wanted in the sequel Joe and Lori to get together. And she was like, no. <laughs> so Amy's feeling super homesick. And as soon as she sees Lori, she runs to him. And they both kind of realized they are what each other needs at this point. And Amy says she wants Lori to stay there and bring up her spirits. And now Lori is out here always doing something. So they're keeping each other distracted, which is really good. And I was like, at this point, he's starting to kind of think of Amy as a replacement, but he realized that he loves her. So that's good. And then it was like, oh, I guess they both realize each other. And then immediately they're engaged. And I was like, all right, okay, cool. Thanks for that. So chapter 42, all alone. I wonder what this is going to be about. So we're back with Joe, and she's not sure how to comfort her parents or how to be a positive person um, in life now that Beth is gone, because basically all of the home chores has gone to Joe, and like everyone's throwing the responsibility of bringing light to her parents on Joe for some reason. So Joe wants someone to come and comfort her, but her mother comes and like tries to help her get through this. But like this is the first sign of Joe starting to kind of want a companion in life. So Joe and her father get closer uh, by talking as well. Um, so they're like seeking comfort in each other. And Joe is doing all of the chores in the house that Beth used to do. She's also taking a lot of advice from Meg about marriage. Wait, yeah. And I'm like, that's kind of weird. And Joe has completely given up writing. So her mother had to encourage her to start writing again. 
and she finishes a manuscript and her father encourages her to send it to a newspaper, which she eventually did and gets paid. And it turns out to be a huge success. Multiple newspaper asked, multiple newspapers asked for it. She wrote multiple stories and sent them away. So Amy and Lori have sent home a notice of their engagement and everyone is pretty happy about it. And their mother is starting to notice just how lonely Joe is. And, like, Amy is, like, writing all these, like, nice things about Lori and, like, bragging about him a little bit, which I thought was kind of cute. And Joe finds a message from the professor um, writing from when she works there. And I was like, OMG, is she going to start falling in love with him? Yikes. So that's the end of, I have chapter 42. Oh, I actually have notes for 43. You have notes? Yeah, for 43, though. <laughs> Because it's she starts talking about being nice to spinsters. There's like this huge monologue about being nice to spinsters. And I think I wrote it word for word, but I can't remember. And I'm not even sure if I wrote this word correctly or actually because I talk to my phone when I write notes. Mm-hmm. Deference to the old, protect the feeble, and serve womankind regardless of rank, age, or color. And I thought... Wow, that's like very, very modern for mm-hmm. her day and age. Apparently, Louisa May Alcott was actually a feminist, and she was like the first woman, like ever in her state, to sign up for voting. Oh wow! Yeah, thank you so much, Kendra, for joining me on this episode. Where can all the people of the internet find you and your podcast? So you can find me at K.E. Radke Universe on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, now TikTok. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) And then you can find West Coast Bookstores podcast on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook as at West Coast Bookstores. And then on Twitter, it's at WC Bookstores. Nice. All right, make sure you all check them out and hopefully you'll see me on an episode there shortly. Yes, we're working on that. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be fun. But yeah, we'll all catch you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so very much for joining me on this episode of Little Women on the Bailey Bookish Podcast. Um, These are so much fun. I really hope you guys are enjoying this series. As I mentioned in the beginning, we do have Patreon now. So if you want to get the bloopers, there there is a blooper for this episode that's already going to be posted. Um, But yeah, if you want any of the bloopers or the show notes, go on over to patreon.com. Or there's a $5 tier that kind of just like gives me a tip and you'll get shouted out at the beginning of the episode so with both tiers anyways but yeah so if you want to join patreon please please do that um if you don't just please share this podcast with a friend um let more people know about it it's really really helpful also i'm starting to stream on twitch now um so at fridays at 6 p.m eastern as long as my computer is cooperating, we will be streaming Among Us on Twitch. So if you like Among Us or if you want to pop in, say hi, talk about the podcast, 
um, please do that. I'd love to see you guys. I'd love to put like some faces or some names to numbers kind of thing. Um, and I'd just love to chat with you guys. So if you want to do that, um, it'll be on 6 p.m. Eastern, or you can watch a couple of the older streams are already on there for you. So, um, you can watch that as well. But yeah, that's all I really have for you guys. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode. Um, if you ever talk about this on social media, like, please feel free to tag me in it as well, because again, I love to put like names to numbers and, you know, I can see that I've got like 600 downloads, which is great and awesome. And I'm really, really excited about it. But like, I'd love to kind of see the people who are the behind the numbers and that'd be really fun for me. So thank you guys so, so much. I, I'm just, I don't even have words. I'm just so happy. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll leave it there. If you want to follow me, I'm at Barely Bookish on basically everything. On everything, not basically everything, literally everything. Um, and there's that. That's basically all I have. So our logo was created by my younger sister, Sarah. Our theme song was by Raphael Crux on freepd.com. And I will catch you all in the next one. Bye!